the Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith. Hello. I was gonna, I almost reflexively asked you, how's it going? Even though uh, I'm looking at you right now and you have a black eye. Yeah, it has like not, I, uh, it hasn't been going great. No, I, uh, I wanted to talk about it because I feel like it is part of a bigger issue in the city. Yes, Being indeed. Being a lady, walking through the world as a lady. Basically existing in any form in public spaces, mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, any way whatsoever on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I think sometimes even for well-intentioned men, mm -hmm. uh, cis men, they find it difficult to understand like what we're talking about when we talk about street harassment. Yeah. So just, I guess, quickly uh, summarize what happened. Uh, so I had been out of town. I had gotten back on Tuesday morning and I was going to meet a friend for a happy hour drink in my neighborhood. And as I was on my way to meet, these friends at, at, you know, a bar literally like four blocks from my house. Mm -hmm. uh, a gentleman uh, tried to get my attention, was doing your normal sort of catcalling thing. And mm -hmm. I said that I wasn't interested. And he kind of followed me for a couple of steps and clocked me right in the face. I am so mad. <laughs> I literally. Oh, my God. Uh it was not fun. I'm no, just going to say. No, that's horrifying. Yeah. No, that's it was. Uh, yeah. And I know, like, it's just getting punched in the face. I didn't get murdered. But, yeah, like. Someone punched <laughs> you in the face. You, you, like, really, you don't have to qualify that. That's <laughs> horrifying. Somebody physically assaulted you because. And I was talking with someone about this because we were talking about street harassment. Yeah. And how, you know. Uh, people, the cops will say, like, don't dress provocatively and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But that is so illustrative that it's not even about physical attraction. It's about power. Oh, yeah. No, because this was... And all, like, all you did, all you said was, I'm like, I'm not interested. I'm and just, you're like, have a nice... I think I even might have said, have a nice day. I just ignored him, and that uh, that, that happened. And like, when, when they can flip that fast, mm -hmm. you know, that's when it's, it's so revealing that it's about rage and power yeah. and hating and women. Entitlement. Entitlement, and entitlement. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, like, you've... I think lots of people have stories that go... The, you know, you're so pretty. Why aren't you smiling? Why right. are you doing this or that? And then you kind of just don't say anything. And then suddenly you're, oh, you know, you're a bitch. You're yes. a cunt. Like, yeah. fuck you. And Lesbian. you're used to, yeah. It's like you're, <laughs> yeah. you kind of expect that a, a natural reaction when you don't accept their compliments is that they suddenly get angry. But mm. it is, you know, apparently a really fine line between calling someone an ungrateful bitch and just, uh, yeah, just punching him. Jesus. Well, I'm really, really sorry that happened. That's horrible. Yeah, it really, really put a put a kink in my week. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Getting fucking punched in the face. Yeah, I mean, it, I could go into a lot about toxic masculinity and all of that stuff. But yeah, I think it's important that people understand that, right? Because I think a lot of people you know, say, why are women so hung up on catcalling? Mm -hmm. Like, why is it a big deal? And a lot of, again, cis men don't understand that. We understand there is that implied threat. Yep. Because they're like, it's a compliment. Yeah. What's wrong? It's like, no, 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 this is a strange man shouting at me. Who thinks they have a right to my body in mm -hmm. some way, whether it's just like a visual appreciation or some, you know, something more nefarious. And it, right. 
and, fucking and, sucks. And that's how fast it can turn yeah. to that, you know? So I think, you know, we've talked a lot about how some women try to manage catcalling, mm-hmm. like by smiling, laughing, trying to diffuse the situation. Yeah. And again, cis men are like, but, but she was laughing and smiling. It's not, you know, no, why? No, she's like just no. indulging you so that she gets away before anything so goes wrong. It's yeah. like we understand that there is that threat present always. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you were willing to talk about it because yeah. I feel like, you know, we deal with it so much every day that after a while it's just fucking exhausting. And well, you and it just becomes something that you build into your, like, emotional, uh, you know, reserves for the day. Like, right. the expectation that you're going to have to deal with some sort of fuckery. And, you know, it sucks that you do have to plan out to say like, all right, somebody's probably going to be an asshole man to me today in some form or another. So like, let me just be prepared for that. And then know that it's not going to take that emotional toll for granted. You know, I I certainly know cis men have no idea. We, we have to manage and, and navigate the world like that every day. But even ourselves, I think we, we are so used to spending that, you know, mental, emotional energy on managing our safety every day that we're extra tired. Oh yeah. You know, and, and no one compensates us for that. You know, we just have to own it because we happen to have been because it's just part of the yeah you just like we had the misfortune to be born female yeah. and and, and that's know. just the baggage you're handed yeah immediately upon entering the world it's like have fun guys <laughs> yeah cool cool, so. cool and also just one more you know one more thing like this is a feel free to give someone hell if they ever try and not all menu on the men are trash oh. because they are oh my like god that because I tweeted the other yeah day. i was like we don't have to, I, I tweeted, you don't have to ever forgive shitty men. Yeah. Because uh, the Louis C.K. Uh, yeah. story had just come out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were like, uh, I think Michael Ian Black tweeted where he was like. Oh, he said some stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, we have to. He was like, I would say the next steps for the Me Too movement. And I was like, oh, good. We're getting our orders from Michael Ian Black. Mm-hmm. But he was like, there has to be, I'm paraphrasing, but like a moment where we forgive Louis C.K. Right. And my point was, we don't ever have to forgive Louis C.K. We We absolutely do not. And a guy tweeted me and he was like, I don't know why this comment has to be gendered. And I immediately blocked him because I'm not dealing with not all men. Yeah. Ever, today or ever, you know? I mean, I am, yeah. Let's face it. The not all men Kool-Aid guy crashing through the wall would probably also <laughs> punch you in the face. So he, he would. Yeah. there is a little bit of anger underlying that statement of what does this have to be gendered? Yeah. yeah. So uh, while we're in the pop culture section, <laughs> on a happier note, is there anything you're reading or watching or listening to right now that's, you know, giving you a little break from having to deal with crappy, uh, crappy men all the time? Well, I just started the New York Times Magazine profile of Riz Ahmed. Ooh. Yes, I saw the cover of that. And I love him, and he's amazing. So I, I just read the first section before I came over here. So um, I, and it's so far, it sounds awesome. He's fascinating. Um, Listen, he yeah. is a large part of the reason I am going to see Venom, even though I know it's going to be bad. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Wait, is this another one where you don't get to see Tom Hardy's beautiful, beautiful face? So you do this one because he plays Eddie Brock, who's okay. a journalist. I, I don't actually know anything about okay. this. So, he, yeah. he does become Venom at certain points, and he does the Venom voice, and mm. it's very hard to understand the Venom voice. Like, it was very hard to understand Bane. 
Listen, it's part of his charm. Tom, I don't know what he's saying most of the time. Tom Hardy is not here to talk, and he's we all not. know that. And he seems to understand that too, because what was the one that he did where he's just driving Locke? Yeah. Yeah, and he barely talks in that one either, but he's still I, awesome. He talks a lot in that one because he's on speakerphone a lot. Mm -hmm. That that actually, if you have ever mm. wanted to hear Tom Hardy talk a lot in a film, yeah. he talks a lot in Locke. Uh, but I also will say, also Tom Hardy, dog lover. So I know, he yeah. really does love dogs. Did you ever see him on Graham Norton? And Graham Norton understands exactly what we want mm -hmm. out of an interview with Tom Hardy and just brought out different dogs for Tom Hardy to nope, meet. Nope, but I am going to watch that when I get home because I think it's going to make me happy. Incredible. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tom almost cries after meeting every single dog. He's like so happy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all he wants, guys. But, yeah. but yes. Riz, uh, Tom, Michelle Williams. It's a great cast in Venom, so I'm going to fucking see it, all right? You got my money, studio. Yeah. Very clever. I was like, I'm not seeing another fucking Spider-Man film. And they were like, what if it's a Venom movie with Tom Hardy? And I was like, oh, fucking touche. Touche, you brilliant Fine, you motherfuckers. Bastard. Yeah. Uh, Riz Ahmed's interview. Yeah, is excellent. Um, one of, I I went back to a classic uh, horror movie that I'm a big mm. fan of as a, as a sort of form of catharsis after my, you know, shitty like situation and watched House of the Devil. Ooh. Once again, you know what which I, just I really love. I have to have you on with Chris and or Charles because they host a horror podcast. Oh, yes. We must do that sometime. Yes. Because yes, this yes, is, yes. Uh, and that one's great. It's uh, Ty West is the director and it's set in the early 80s in like when there's supposed to be a lunar, like a full lunar eclipse and you get satanic cults and uh, lots and lots of amazing period details. So it has both the trappings and like even the style of filming makes mm. it look kind of retro, even, you know, Very so cool. you do get that sort of slightly grainy like sense that you're watching like a movie on VH, like a 80s slasher movie on VHS. So very it's very, cool. very neat. Um, and it stars Tom Noonan, who's like, he was, um, he was the bad guy in... Manhunter. Okay. Uh, the the Silence of the Lambs, the first 80s Silence of the Lambs. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So he's like classic, like 30 some years of playing like serial killers and creeps. <laughs> okay. So I like just love anything he does. Yes. Um, yeah. So I did that. And uh, gosh, what else have I been really into? Oh, I, I should like mention been... that while you think on that. Mm -hmm. I finished Riverdale season two. What a journey, everyone. I have so many thoughts. And over at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, I'm going to be posting some bonus content. One of the most requested things over at my Patreon are in-depth reviews of like TV series mm -hmm. and movies. So I think Sally and I are going to talk about Riverdale in addition to my friend uh, Eric um, we are, we all have thoughts, um, about Riverdale mm -hmm. <laughs> and the wild ride that was season two. So that eventually <laughs> is going to be up on my Patreon. Also guys, Light Trees and News, which you're listening to right now. Hello, this is Allison is 100% listener supported. That's you. If you go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button, you can keep us going. Otherwise, I uh, can't keep bringing you new episodes and that would be super sad, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Do you agree? And I, I just thought of another yes, thing. please. So in a few short weeks, the second season, or the third season of The Good Place will begin. Yes. And the second season just went up on Netflix. Yes. So you can now binge watch both seasons, really get yourself back into it. And fully appreciate 
the genius of their writing and it's uh, so good yeah Uh, season one was amazing and i have been waiting for season two to come up on netflix Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna be all over that also i'm planning I'm trying to catch up on a bunch of pop culture because yeah. now, especially when I do improv and people start making deep cut references, I'm like, fuck, I'm really in the weeds. <laughs> so I am about to binge watch Buffy. Oh, my God. And then I am told I have to watch Angel, which I will. And then I am going to binge listen to Harry Potter because mm. I don't have time to read the books. Mm-hmm. But I will. Yeah. Li- and I heard the audiobooks are actually really well done. They, they are really well done. And they're, they're easy. I know a friend of mine had decided to get in on the audiobooks because she had never read them. And so she would just put them on while she was like cleaning around yes, her house. And that's what I'm gonna she do. said it was, it was a great way to power yeah. through. I mean, I already do that with podcasts. Yeah. So, and I loved, I just got into audiobooks. So I had listened to, um, oh boy, you know the one. Uh, Pat Oswalt's wife. Oh, Michelle McNamara. I'll be gone in the dark. I'll be gone in the dark. Yeah, which was is such a good audiobook. It's like someone telling you a very long, spooky story, and it's extra scary because it fucking happened. Yeah, and that guy was a piece of shit. Ooh, and he was so, he. I don't think people understand how much he terrorized that community. Oh no! I mean, there's a reason why this became was such a huge deal when they finally made the arrest because yeah. like families had been terrified for decades. I mean, he was calling and taunting people who were his victims oh, people into would, like the nineties. Yeah, people would hear him running across rooftops. Yeah, to, away from the cops. The book because like, he was a cop. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's the fucking boogeyman. Yeah, he really uh, truly yeah. was. Um. So the good plays. Anything else? Uh, oh God, I did have one other thing that I wanted to recommend it now. Oh, you know what I started listening to because you had recommended it and it Oh, wh- which one? Is uh, Utter Delight Unspooled. It's great. I've been enjoying it. I know. It like I just find it it's it is delightful and it's so much fun and I feel like I learned something even when it's it, even when the movies they're discussing are ones that I've seen like a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it's just exciting to listen to the two of them like go really deep. I'm going to have you save the rest of your recommendations. Okay. Because yes. we're actually recording two episodes today, guys, because I can't record on Sunday because I'm helping uh, Rachel, friend of the show, with a shoot. So I won't have time to record. So we'll get to that on the next episode. But guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Hmm. All right. First up is this absolutely bananas story over at the Washington Post about how the Trump administration is trying to systematically strip citizenship from many Americans born near the Mexico border. Oh, yes. This was an absolutely (laughs) appalling and upsetting story. And frightening. Yeah. Because for anyone waiting for escalation, you know, anybody who makes Nazi comparisons is accused of being hysterical. Yeah, this is not hysterical. No. This is very much... This is actually happening right now. These are U.S. citizens being stripped of their citizenship because they happened to be the wrong skin color. Yes. And this is is also something that did 
directly happen when it came yes. to uh, like during the ramp up of the Nazis. Like once you've decided this is, you know, we, and we've seen the escalation first. It's criminal, illegal immigrants. And then it's all immigrants who are undocumented. Right. Then it's asylum seekers. Now it's I mean, down to the same sort of racist xenophobic art used in like newspapers mm-hmm. magazines fear-mongering yeah. like the the dangerous other invading the motherland like there are so many parallels and then yes uh jewish people being stripped of their german citizenship yeah. um but what the thing that i found i mean of so many different things that were so upsetting you know it was like two two things specifically one the documentation that the government was demanding from people who are American citizens uh, is something that like I can't imagine anyone would have like mm. this the sort of central character the guy who's in the lead uh, when he was told his passport was not being renewed and he was they told him they didn't think he was a citizen they wanted uh, records that proved his place of residence when he was born like who has I don't have that no I mean I imagine my parents probably do but that's because they literally haven't moved from this like the house that I was brought to when I was born but like they might not have those documents someplace because why would you and then in some cases for people who did provide birth certificates and other birth documents they were just accused of being fraudulent Mm -hmm. which at that point if the government just says they're fraudulent how do you prove otherwise? You can't prove otherwise. They're just like, oh, yeah, we don't think this is right. because they're And, and then the reason why they've been saying these birth certificates are invalid and they're fraudulent is because they were uh, filled out and registered by the midwives that delivered right. fam- like children because in the in the El Paso or the like in the in, in the Brownsville sort of like far near south Texas border, like near the border yeah. area um there's so much poverty and there's like and the cost of giving birth is so high that midwives are just much more traditionally used because they're part of the community to get to a hospital sometimes a hospital is hundreds of miles away and also if you're dealing like if you are an immigrant documented or undocumented or even just someone who's been living in the area for a long time and you don't have very much money you would probably want to go with someone who's part of your community and that's what midwives are supposed to be for yeah and I I think part of the issue I mean in addition to racism and xenophobia and all of the obvious culprits is that we do America is really two different worlds right now. There, there are like the very like cosmopolitan city areas where you oftentimes hear from people. I get into conversations like this a lot around voting rights, mm-hmm. where people are like, "Who doesn't have a driver's license yeah. or a state ID?" Like some Why people, can't you go get one? That's yes. so hard about that. Yeah. All of those questions, people literally can't imagine mm-hmm. living in a world where you can't get a, a voter or you can't get a driver's license. You cannot get a, a state ID. You, you cannot get to a hospital mm-hmm. to have your baby. Yeah. That is the reality for millions of Americans. Yeah. But for the other half who don't live that way, yeah. it's absurd to them, mm-hmm. the idea of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, the, the question of driver's licenses, when you find yourself in, you know, in places like Georgia, they've shut a bunch of DMVs and slash the hour, the hours of them. So they've been mm-hmm. deliberately right. making it harder for people to get driver's licenses at the same time as they've passed voter ID laws. So there's, right. you know, this is um, this passport stuff. I mean, like the idea that trying to have like renew your passport and be able to travel outside the boundaries of the United States is now not just enough to get your passport not renewed, mm-hmm. which is apparently something you can fight if you have money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then to suddenly have your birth certificate challenged, potentially being detained and then put into 
detention proceed like detention and deportation proceedings when you're a fucking citizen yeah uh like it's a really frightening escalate yeah. escalation of of an already frightening situation but i mean i i've just sort of like what is it going to take for the people who are accusing those of us who are making comparisons <laughs> to nazi germany to wake up i'm like we have child detention camps mm -hmm. We have now U.S. citizens being stripped of their citizenship, in addition to what's happening with trans people, you know, yep. with their passports and the government no longer recognizing their, their true, uh, true gender. Um, I mean, I well, understand for them it's, like, still only happening to the quote-unquote undesirables well, on it's the, just the margins. They don't mind a... Uh, they don't mind the idea of a white ethno state. Right. You know? Right. It's like, also, I mean, fuck you guys. Like, good luck trying to deport everybody in Texas who isn't white. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I know. And you know, it's it just, it's scary because that's been the sort of comforting thing we've told ourselves for so long where it's like, well, they can't deport everybody. Yeah, well, they're certainly going to make life as miserable as humanly yeah, possible for the ones the they thing. can. Like, they'll find out a way to make it so that they'll self-deport, which, again, they did in Nazi Germany. Yeah. And Made also, it so terrible for Jewish people that they were hoping they would just leave. Yeah. Also, you can't self-deport when you're in the country of your birth. Like, <laughs> True, true. Like, they, they were fucking born here, yeah. Uh, so, also, in bad news... I wanted to talk about Betsy fucking DeVos. Oh, this bitch. This bitch. Oh, my God. So we are approaching the one-year anniversary of the hashtag MeToo movement as president of MeToo, Michael Ian Black reminded all of, of us. Of course, yeah. Um, and the New York Times is reporting that Education Secretary Betsy DeVos wants to protect college campuses from complaints of sexual misconduct. Yes. And, uh, you know, she also decided to really bring in a lot of very important stakeholders to this, like men's rights groups. Yes. I mean, those poor silenced victims, mm -hmm. the men. Um, so she in particular wants to make schools accountable, quote, only for formal complaints filed through proper authorities and for conduct said to have occurred on their campuses. The proposed rules would also establish a higher legal standard to determine whether schools improperly address complaints. So basically just making it harder for victims. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, you didn't go through the correct procedure, so therefore we can't do this. I think there's also the question of whether or not it, the people who are accused of sexual assault will be allowed to personally question their accusers mm. is something that's also on the table. So yes, we are really jumping into some fun times. Yeah. And I should mention also, Betsy DeVos has already been doing stuff like this. In fact, it was one of the first things she did once she became uh, education secretary. She started rolling back laws that protect victims of campus sexual assault almost as soon as she took over the Department of Education. Oh, yeah. It was like, like other than... Uh other than going back to policies that allowed that uh, allow private for profit colleges to gouge students and falsely advertise their services, this was basically her number one priority from the second she became education yes. secretary. And like you know, obviously their their wet dream is to get rid of Title IX. This proposal will keep most of Title IX standards in effect, but for the first time, the federal government would go beyond guidance and recommendations to codify how it defines sexual harassment 
in the nation's schools and the steps institutions are legally required to take to address it. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean, the whole reason sexual assault and sexual harassment issues on campus are tricky is because they don't look like one thing. Right. There's no one definition of sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. So for the government to come in and get a, a very limited definition of what it is and when campuses can be held accountable and what they have to do if they're held accountable is dangerous. Absolutely. And it also just creates situations where because so many of the, you know, there there are some more kind of, I guess there's slightly stronger protections when it comes to intimate partner violence uh, in terms of what responsibilities um, schools have and what that, like, where that falls under Title IX. But when it comes to sexual assault, when you have young people and like drugs and alcohol and all the rest of it, it just makes it so much easier for you know, the schools themselves to say, well, we just wipe our hands of it because like it's too complicated. Right. And there's, you know, an abdication of responsibility to create an environment that isn't just wildly toxic. Right. So the education department like refuses to comment on this because they're claiming this plan is in the premature stages. But you can contact the Department of Education and let them know what you think about this. Uh, The website is www.2.ed.gov. And they do have a contacts page where you can contact them and say, hey, this Mm -hmm. is bullshit. You should protect victims. You should not prioritize fucking men's rights groups who hate women. Hate them. Hate women. Um, and yeah, don't don't let them get away with what they keep doing in every other place where they're making policy, which is to spend time like they put together the policies in secret. They try to mm-hmm. assume that they're going to get away with it until the last minute without with and give no time to actually give scrutiny. So like let them know that we're all watching. Yeah. By the way, this is really shitty for men, too, because men can be victims of sexual assault. That happens all the time in frats, mm-hmm. all the time. So this is bad for male victims, too. So yes. do contact them. Also, in bad news, uh, so our great leader, Trump, has been villainizing the press as much as he can. Ooh, again. In the media. And we're now seeing, not just now, I mean, I follow a lot of journalists, as you, as yes, do you Meredith, yes, yes. on Twitter, and I'm sure you've been seeing tweets about press rooms that have been receiving threatening calls yeah. and all of that they stuff. They just arrested someone who, yep. yep. A California man charged uh, has been charged with making violent threats against Boston Globe employees. Robert D. Chang, 68 years old, of Encino, California, has been charged. Um, and he referred to the Globe as, quote, unquote, the enemy of the people. Now, why does that sound so familiar? Oh, I feel like I've heard that somewhere before from the president's mouth. I think so. Yeah, and he threatened to kill newspaper employees. In total, uh, this uh, these documents allege that Chain made approximately 14 threatening phone calls to the Globe between August 10th and uh, the 22nd. So, yeah, I mean, I don't understand how Trump isn't inciting violence. When he says that the press is the enemy of the people, especially now that we've seen a direct result of those words. I mean, this is verbatim this man quoting Trump. Absolutely. Directly quoting. And there is, you know, because 
it's somehow because it doesn't matter to these people. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, it's justified. These like we are like members, journalists and other members of the media and people who care about doing good and exposing wrongdoing in any form are now automatically bad because they right. are, you know, they're combatants. Like that's why they that's why he called them the enemy yeah. because this is about creating absolute distrust and animosity so that there's no safe uh, there's no safe way to operate as a as a journalist. Right. And it's only incitement if this language, this kind of language comes from the left. Right. If it comes from a fascist regime, it's not inciting violence. But if but you if suggest that you don't want to serve a person uh, like <laughs> at a restaurant, it's definitely incitement towards violence. Right. If you just don't serve them food. But if you say they're the enemy of the people, the press is the enemy of the people. Totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah, and I mean... Also, of course, this motherfucker is 68 because he's, like, got yep. baby boomer worms in his brains. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a baby boomer. You get the worms. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it just reminds me of Alex Jones and the Pizzagate shit. It, mm -hmm. That was incitement as well, but yeah. it didn't count because it was happening on the road. Right. Well, there's a new Pizzagate, right? It's, like, a donut shop. Oh, yes. And is that the QAnon stuff, or is that also the the sex... Oh, I thought it was another child sex Oh, maybe thing. it's, it's yeah. child sex stuff they they're really um obsessed with the idea of kids having sex yeah but with adults with with, with Sydney Blumenthal with mostly yeah or yes. whoever else like I don't know whoever they're fantasizing about yeah. yeah it's um it's definitely a weird obsession yes it really is what's that about mm. uh yeah but I'm like can you imagine if fucking like Amy Goodman was on democracy now and she called Trump the enemy of the people and they'd shut down democracy now in 24 hours they'd be gone oh god and I mean they wouldn't just be like oh yeah we're gonna shut it down they'd also have several bomb threats and yeah. her address would be posted people online and every staffer would be like <laughs> getting stalked by yeah. monsters I just oh I can't imagine yeah so also, guys, do y'all want to do another one? Well, we were talking about toxic masculinity and misogyny, so this fits in, in with that theme. A Texas man allegedly shot women drivers because he doesn't believe women should drive. This is definitely a good use of the Second Amendment. Definitely. Uh, Nicholas D'Agostino, 29. He's 29. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, that's photo. a... That, he's rough. got, like, he's got George Zimmerman face. This where is, like... It's, like, ancient when he's actually, like, not. Hate and racism and misogyny truly, truly rots people from the inside. Yep. 29 has been hit with charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in two recent separate incidents in which he allegedly shot women drivers. D'Agostino spent six weeks behind bars after allegedly shooting a 39-year-old woman driving in Katy in July. He posted bond last Tuesday, but was arrested on Thursday for allegedly shooting another woman driver in the arm as she left a gas station. Um, so he confessed to shooting as many as five women drivers in the area, and that he specifically targets women because he doesn't believe they should be permitted to drive. Yep. I'm totally reasonable, right? Like, but you know, we should hate we should hate all Arabs because they're bad and they don't want women to drive and they should sure. only well, give birth well, to male children. So they're obviously like, terrorists and this man is just um, He's just a white guy protecting the white race. Just a well, he's a gender patriot. Mm, is that yeah. what we're calling it now? I am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and like clearly voted for Trump. Oh yeah. You clearly. don't have that. Ugh. 
a Texan with a weapon who thinks that women should be focused only on giving birth to male children. Which candidate do we think he supported? Mm, I haven't heard any rhetoric on the, you know, the conservative side. I bet he has uh, pussy hats at home. I oh, bet he, I bet he does. Yeah. <laughs> How mad do you think he was during the debates? <gasps> oh, he probably shouted at the oh. TV. He probably shot his TV. I was going to say, he, that's, he looks like a TV shooter. <laughs> He's come through so many TVs. Uh, yeah, I, I think, did I have another one? I feel like I had a, uh, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Let's end on that because I wanted to get to that one because it fit in our theme. It does. Yes. Toxic masculinity and men being the fucking worst. But anytime guys, you hear, uh, like your pissed off uncle at Thanksgiving being like, why are these feminists still so mad? Why do we need a feminist movement? They're it's equal now. Um, it, it's because men hate us and they want us dead. Yeah, it's because they will shoot us for driving. <laughs> yeah, 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 and also uh, condemn, you know, like the Taliban because uh, they're so intolerant of women, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's the it's the Sam Harris problem. Totally. I've said it once, I've said it again, Sam Harris is the problem. Yep. Guys, and on that note, let's end things on a positive note. Here is your good news. This is a good news item that I didn't get to uh, get to on previous episodes, but it was uh, very encouraging to see. Thousands of people across the country recently united to protest Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, I'm just so glad that people have not forgotten that we have a yes. Supreme Court justice to stop. Yeah, and I mean, I, I truly do understand why it's not always super high on the radar, even though it should be because so many other nutty things are happening yeah. right now. You know, I mean, we just talked about a story where U.S. citizens are getting stripped of their citizenship. That is a very important story that we should be talking about and you should be angry about. But also, we have this Supreme Court nominee who is incredibly dangerous, who would like very much to repeal Roe v. Wade, what, despite whatever he says, yeah. would is f actively fantasizing every day. <laughs> he says he has said plenty of things that make it pretty obvious that he's going to strike some very serious yes. blows uh, to our already precarious access to reproductive health care. And not only that, but is also has a long history of being anti-LGBTQ. Super anti-labor. Super anti-labor. So is a very, very dangerous prospect, and we should... Uh, be protesting it. So it was encouraging to see people all across the country gathering uh, last Sunday to protest his nomination. Uh, many community organizers and activists obviously are, are really afraid of Trump's pick because it would put back uh, the civil rights movement, to put it lightly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and only 28% of women in the country support his nomination which you would think would factor into picking a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, I mean, like, if you do cared they about... over half yeah. the population? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do they, you know, but that's only if the administration actually cares cared what, about it. Yeah. what women actually think or need or, you know, believe that polling is accurate. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Believe in facts and numbers, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, but as I said on yesterday's episode, 
any resistance is good resistance. Hmm. You know, as much as we've been mocking yeah. hashtag resistance. Yeah. Well, but there's hashtag resistance and then there's resistance. actual resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's overlap. You know, a lot of people who are online hashtag resistance also go to protests and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I don't. And I also believe like if you are unable to go to a protest, whether, you know, it's because you don't have access to protests in your community or maybe like you're differently mm -hmm. abled. Online resistance is important, too. Just yeah. like, you know, elevating voices, um, retweeting people. If that's what you can do, do it. Yeah. You know? So also in good news. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God. I was really, really excited. And I knew okay. this was going to be good news. Did you watch it? Oh, I did. Okay. I didn't because I was doing stuff last night. No big deal, guys. I'm very busy. But you missed <laughs> out it, I know. I heard was it was great. amazing so governor cuomo and cynthia nixon had their first and only right debate, mm -hmm. and it was this is weird in my opinion it was pre-taped right yeah they they did it at 5 p.m and then it aired it at 7 p.m i guess i can't think of another debate that no. has been pre-taped i can't either although considering this is the first time andrew cuomo's basically done a debate in eight years i suppose they figured they might as well just get something on sure. the record but i get that yeah it, it was just so strange and also I extremely strange i can't figure out like what he gets out of a pre-taped unless like could he have twisted their arms to like cut something out i'm not sure i mean i think some part of it is, is like maybe it was the timing and it okay. was some element of like just getting things together there. Who knows what the concessions are? I don't think it would have been cutting something out, but some idea that there's a way to, um, to I, probably actually to start pre-spinning, frankly. Okay. So that makes sense. you have people that are in the, in the audience, in the arena who are reporting on things that are being said during the taping. Mm, right. Well, because that was that the thing. Happens, I, I was, and then, yeah, I was so confused because I didn't know it was pre-taped mm -hmm. and I saw people live tweeting it. And then it aired later and I was yeah. like, what the fuck's going on? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I yeah. think like having a couple, like having time to do screen caps or make jokes or make kind of snarky comments mm -hmm. to try and undercut Nixon was probably a huge part of it. Yeah. yeah. Although so, they were, it was nasty from this, like I, even yeah. before and it I started. Knew, I think everybody knew it was going to be contentious. Uh, the, the line that everybody is quoting is at one point Cuomo looks at Cynthia Nixon and says, can you stop interrupting? And she fires back, can you stop lying? <laughs> and my favorite part is his response was so weak. He was just like, I will when you do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was so sad. It was like, you know, when, not to paint Cuomo as some kind of victim because he's a monster. But like, you know, when like you were in grade school and a kid just got owned and he was like, nuh-uh, or like you, and you were like, oh, buddy. <laughs> you just like can't come up with a response. He like he was so thin skinned and so obviously just on the ropes from the second things started because he was so like clearly infuriated mm. that he not only had to defend yes. himself at all, but that he had to deal with being questioned by a woman. You could tell it was destroying yeah. him. So we definitely have a theme for this episode of toxic masculinity and entitlement. And I can't think of any politician who's more entitled than Cuomo. Oh, no, not I at I mean, all. literally the embodiment of nepotism. Mm -hmm. You're there because of daddy, and now you don't think anybody has the right to challenge you. So I also have been fascinated to see people who are on the Cuomo side uh, shilling for him, trying to say that 
Cynthia Nixon came off really badly because she was so ill-tempered and angry. And I'm like, the angry lesbian. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. The angry dyke is talking again. Like, get ready to shame. Yeah. Um, because, you know, she put up with a lot of shit and also have like being just as annoyed with Andrew Cuomo being a condescending douche as he oh. seemed to be at having to like even pretend to care about this election. Like, I'm sorry. You're just used to him being like being a dick is just what Andrew Cuomo does. But yes. if Cynthia Nixon fights back and doesn't like play by the the playbook of like smiling kindly and like offering whatever sort of pleasantry and actually wants to hit back, all of a sudden, yeah, angry, angry lesbian. Honestly, I from what I've seen, the clips I've seen of it, I liked that she showed how visibly frustrated and angry she oh, was. Oh yeah, because I like that is how I feel about Cuomo. <laughs> and, like, oh, I know. Seeing someone just respond honestly, because so oftentimes what happens with with politicians is they go through so much debate training mm-hmm. that they become robots. Yeah, and it was just nice to see someone respond like a human being to him being fucking absurd. Yeah, I mean she had some eye rolls for the ages. Yes. I mean there's. A, f- a thousand memes will be launched yeah. thanks to this. And I, I appreciate it. There were a couple of moments where I feel like she didn't quite get where she needed to be. I mean, right. the my the other great moment was when Andrew Cuomo tried to paint Cynthia Nixon as a corporate Democrat. I saw because this being she hasn't tweeted. <laughs> because of the helicopters over Central well, Park, there was, was that He it? said that she tried to use, uh, she tried to call in political favors for personal gain because she had called like she had tried to say that like the helicopters shouldn't fly over Central Park during Shakespeare in the park because the audience can't hear the actors when that happens and then he also accused her of like trying to lobby on behalf of Sarah Jessica Parker when she complained about the owners of Tea and Sympathy the like tea shop yeah and apparently she just forwarded it to the mayor's office (laughs) oh my god um because it was a question and I was like, okay, but yeah, then there was also that she's corrupt because she has a corporation for her, like, because she's an actor and right. actors like any other freelancer, like, can protect themselves from an absolutely brutal tax burden, especially since she's based in New York City, which means she would have to pay New York City freelancer taxes. And I mean, I should say, too, because I've looked into that, because Mm -hmm. I get absolutely reamed by the IRS, literally all that does is protect you from bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. It does. It's not like she gets like some sweet. Well, she does. Deal. She she does get like her her taxes are significantly decreased by having the money, like having her payment go into her sort of corporation. However, right. it's not that she's she's not hiding it in no. offshore. I mean, she's I'm not like, doing the sort of stuff that I so imagine Cuomo's do doing. That. Like, yeah. Um. And also, like, it's just fine. And I think it it sucked that she didn't spend like take that opportunity to say that freelancers and like precarious workers in the current gig economy need more protections when it comes to work and that New York City and New York State has been so friendly to corporations, mm-hmm. especially ones that make billions of dollars, that we should be, it's absurd to say that individuals have to be, like have to turn themselves into corporations in order to have any yeah. sort of, like even close to the nominal protections that the big banks do. And I think like that was a real missed opportunity. Um, just because she could have made it clearer, and I think that the mu- the waters got a little muddied. But still, right. like it was absurd that he was trying to say she's a corporate Democrat. I mean, like, there is no bigger corporate Democrat than, than Cuomo, <laughs> Chuck Schumer, maybe actually, oh, maybe but Schumer, you know, yeah. maybe, or Clinton, Hillary Clinton. 
There's a lot of corporate Democrats in New York, guys. Listen, the Democratic Party's in trouble. (laughs) However, Cynthia Nixon, not in trouble. She ruled. She's also, as of today, back on the subway, tweeting out, you know, photos of her having conversations with constituents. Like, she's so good. And also, like, because I was talking with someone about this who they feel like she doesn't really have a chance Mm -hmm. against him. I'm just thrilled to see her debating him oh, and, yeah. and pushing him on so many of these issues because we get from his demeanor, right, that he is shocked that anyone is challenging him. Yeah. He needs to be challenged. Yes. He needs a Cynthia Nixon, you mm-hmm. know, breathing down his neck. Well, it wasn't, regardless of what he tried to say during their little conversation about the legalization of marijuana in New York State, he did change his position and come out publicly in favor of uh, of it. His, what is it, his thinking on the subject had changed after she started calling very, very strongly for legalization because it would, like, we mm-hmm. needed to end the racial disparities. I mean, Cuomo saying that he, like, doesn't think we should be giving reparations to people who have been in, tra- in jail on drug charges. And, you know, also that, like, he doesn't think that uh, unions should be free to strike because it would cripple <laughs> this is the a city. Democrat. This is a Democrat. This is a Democrat. <laughs> like, a Democrat, guys. And I, yeah, that's another one. I wish Cynthia Nixon had just been like, guys, the whole point of striking is that it inconveniences people yes. because like collective good and collective suffering go hand in hand. And like it's the only leverage workers have. Yes. It's their labor. <laughs> yeah. Throwing yeah. throwing your body on the gear is like this l- literally the point. And like, you know what? If things were so bad that the transit like workers, and I mean this is a tough one because, but if they struck struck again. I would probably still be sympathetic, even if it meant I had to be like walking everywhere and was in, you know, deep inconvenience. Because you know what, I don't scab. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least the in in that in that situation, if the MTA went on strike, we would all be suffering. right. I mean, that happened in two thousand five, and it yeah. actually created a pretty interesting situation. But yeah, I mean, uh, no one can really blame anyone if we can't get anywhere if the subways yeah. aren't right. <laughs> Yeah. And if we're fucking teachers over and they decide to strike like they're going to do in L.A. and Seattle and Arizona and West Virginia, like, good. Yeah. They're getting screwed. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why so many parents don't see that as, like, a valuable teaching opportunity for kids. Like, if their teachers go on strike to, like, teach them the power of collective bargaining and how they can stand up for their rights against, like, their corporate overlords. Yeah, because most people think their kids are... They're going to be the corporate overlord. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody believes they're going to be middle class. Here's how you crush the workers, sweetie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, can I do a quick shout out to a a bit of good news? Please. This is just something, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but um, in Oklahoma where the teachers made all their protests, all but four of the people who ran who had voted against teacher raises mm-hmm. uh, were voted out during the primaries. Hell fucking yeah. So it was like 19 legislators were up for of uh, like up for re-election and, and those things, and they all lost. Hell like, yeah. Um, That's so, you, you know, get, this is the thing. If you, if you want to fuck with teachers, maybe figure out a, a better way to sneak your way to do it than saying, uh, yeah, sorry, you don't get to have uh, a raise ever. Right, right. Um, yeah, weirdly... Millions and millions of Americans still have positive feelings about teachers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> crazy, right? They haven't, uh, the fascist regime hasn't managed to brainwash us yet into thinking teachers are bad. Uh oh. Well, that might take a little longer. But also in good news, and I qualify this as good news because once again, it's something bad that's happening to Trump. I'm trying to kill a mosquito, guys. 
Um, please don't tweet me if you're a Get mosquito it. lover. Oh. Um, so White House counsel Don McGahn is going to step down from his role. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people have uh, mixed feelings about McGahn because he has been cooperating with the Mueller investigation and at separate points appeared to give evidence that could incriminate Trump and then in other instances gave evidence that could protect Trump. Right. So he's playing both fields because he's trying to cover his own ass. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That sounds about right for somebody who might be Trump's lawyer. That's what's so funny about Trump being surprised when people betray him because it's like the types of people you employ are exactly the kinds of people who will turn on a dime. Mm -hmm. You know, like, of course, they're all turning on you now. And like watching them just tear apart each other is magical. But so there is speculation that the reason Don McGahn is doing this now or will be doing it this fall is he's afraid that Trump was going to make him into the fall guy for everything. Right. So he's just trying to get out before that could happen, which honestly smart because it yeah. probably would have happened. He's still a piece of shit. <laughs> hey, you know what? He's a piece of shit that made Donald Trump's life a little bit harder. So I think that uh, that's just fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, at this point, I welcome anyone turning on Trump as good news. Yeah, I think that's true. It seems like it's happening at a rate of one person per day. Well, didn't one other lawyer also leave? Yes. Honestly, it's hard to keep track. I can't even, I can't really keep track anymore. At this anymore. point, like the, the, the turnover rate in the White House is astronomical. Mm -hmm. Turnover suggests they're replacing them, and I don't think <laughs> sure that's actually not. happening. <laughs> There's just a lot of empty offices. It's, just, <laughs> it's more of a, like, yeah, it's like an implosion slash uh -huh. steady, outward rolling tide. Yes. Uh, do I want to do one more? Let's see. No, let's save these. There was a bunch of election stuff that we'll talk about on Monday's episode. But while we have a little bit of time left, guys, I wanted to remind you, you're listening to a 100% listener-supported show. That means you didn't hear any ads during this podcast, which, believe me, is a rare treat in the world of podcasting. And the reason I'm able to do that is because you guys sign up as members, and sometimes you upgrade your support, too. Ooh. Please go to lighttreason.news for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation if you can't do the monthly donations. That's cool. I also take a one-time donation. Um, and yeah, keep us going. $5 a month. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that I is a say. good deal. Also, I have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. You can find all kinds of bonus content over there. That includes my writing, The Window Podcast, Ooh. which I've been doing like a field edition of, mm -hmm. where I walk through the city and tell you what I'm seeing that you guys seem to like a lot. We're also going to have reviews of TV shows, movies, all that good stuff over there. So you can get that for a dollar a month. If you sign up at $5 a month over there, you get to send questions that we'll answer on Light Trees and News. $10 a month, you get to participate in the monthly hangouts. Uh, the next one is coming up. We do them at the beginning of the month. $50 a month, you get a letter from me every month, handwritten. Ooh, guys, don't you want to see what Allison's handwriting looks like? It's kind of like a serial killer. Ooh. And uh, all those other benefits as well. But one of the questions we got over at Patreon is sort of an ongoing question, I believe from Nicole, who, and I think you probably started this trend, so you might be recapping oh a little okay. bit, 
But she just wants to know, like, your hobbies. Oh, yes, my hobbies. Uh, well, I am uh, in the midst of doing some more cross-stitching, some embroidery. I'm making a present for a friend. I do not believe she listened to this podcast. So I will say it's a, a cute sort of alphabet that's made up entirely of Doctor Who characters. It is very cute. Um, yeah. I haven't yet done the TARDIS or a Dalek, but I'm really excited about that. Oh, yeah. Um... When it gets a little bit cooler, I'll go back to knitting because I'm sure that I've lost at least one of the nice scarves that I have. Mm -hmm. um, let's see if there's other stuff that I really like. I mean, obviously, like coloring books, but that one's been less fun now that I have like the benefit of, you know, doing stuff with my hands is a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, yeah, yeah, I imagine that would mm -hmm. be like more therapeutic. Yeah, and I, you know, I am aiming to get more into some sort of hobby that involves like outdoorsiness or exercise because mm -hmm. that's probably good for me but I haven't gotten there yet so we'll see it's yeah. not going to be like motorcycling or mountain biking or something I'm not crazy I just yeah thinking about yeah uh I've been seeing a fella and he Ooh. likes to hike hiking is fun I went on a hike when I was visiting family we were out in the country in the at a state park my sister yeah. and I did a few miles it was lovely I used to be very outdoorsy in the midwest and I was like yeah I should probably like Mm -hmm. get back especially like we can go upstate relatively it's easy. true you can hop on the train and there's like a lot of beautiful hiking yeah. areas up there but like not camping i am not <laughs> that's what we're gonna i'm do. not here <laughs> for sleeping on the well i don't i'm glad i don't have to go yeah. <laughs> like, would sleep. you do glamping oh hell yeah yeah like i mean glamping is fine that's just like sleeping on something soft but you know, with all of your amenities and you're kind of outside. Yeah. It's different. Regular camping, no, that's awful. I mean, I truly have not done it since I was like a nine-year-old Girl Scout. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little curious to see like if I am still into it because I actually don't know. Yeah. Just because I haven't done it. So we're going to fucking find out. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> if I disappear in the wilderness. You're not going to disappear in the wilderness. I might. You don't know. <laughs> well, you know, we're not in the middle of like, we're still dealing with like the Hudson Valley and like upstate. You know, we're not, you're not going to have a deliverance situation. We're not in Scandinavia where some sort of like Norse demigod is going to find you and like yeah. force you to like undergo some sort of pagan sacrifice. What about the Mothman? Uh, I mean, is the Mothman really that scary? You can snatch me up. You don't know. I mean, I guess that's true, but I just like, I'm not, I'm not. What? Uh, no, Bigfoot's Western. Oh, that's true. Who do we have in the Northeast? We have Mothman. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have witches. Oh, like, yeah, but that'd be cool. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, Just if you join found, a coven, yeah. Yeah, if you, got, if you got recruited by witches in the woods, that would be pretty cool. Although they'd probably make you kill your dude as, like, a way to get in. Okay, I'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Yeah, I would say that's really going to be like a cost benefit in the moment. Yeah, okay. Also, I don't know you and I'm sorry. I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so, yeah, guys. Um, any other like little words of advice for people's mental well-being? Because we live in a very stressful, chaotic time. Uh, don't watch cable news, guys. Don't. Truly don't. Like, And that, that I think, is separate from staying informed. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say don't watch cable news, I don't mean don't learn about the news, don't read. What I'm saying is don't have it on 24 hours a day in the background. Yeah. Don't don't watch any channel that decided it was a good idea to book Omarosa <sighs> on their shows to discuss Trump and his, like, madness. Yeah. 
I love that their defense for doing that is, but everybody else is talking about it, so if we don't do it too, they'll beat us on the ratings. It's like, this is why everything is terrible. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. It truly is. And I don't think people understand what it does to their like anxiety levels and blood pressure to have that mm -hmm. shit on 24 hours a day, because I used to do it. Oh, yeah, me too. Especially for my job. I would just have MSNBC on all day. Uh, you know this. You came over, yeah. and I, it would be on. And I wouldn't even be paying attention to it, but I wasn't aware of how it was affecting my I mood. Know. It is so bad. I mean, when I worked at MSNBC, the televisions were on, and they had it. And, you know, you just get used to it being in the background, but even just having without sound, visual, having the visual there and you have the crawl, it just adds a level of stress and anxiety that makes it very difficult to like concentrate on what feels like the most important thing. And I think that that's just across the board as partly a television thing, but yeah, it definitely was not, yeah, it was hard, so. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the thing is too, oftentimes all day, they're just talking about four or five different stories, but mm -hmm. they bring on like 30 panelists to yep. talk about it. So you think you're receiving much more news than you actually are. Oftentimes it's like early information that turns out not to be accurate mm -hmm. when they actually fact check it. <laughs> or it's just the same fucking talking points repeated over and over and over and they just bring out like a parade. And I say this as someone who used to be like, brought on to MSNBC to talk about news. Like, although I like to think I went on the good shows. You did go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but you're not receiving as much good content as maybe you think you are. And you don't need to expose yourself to that 24 hours a day. Don't need to be on Twitter all day. Nope. You don't need to do that shit. I've recommended this before, but I'm recommending it again. If you're a person who gets your news on Twitter, sign up for Nuzzle. Mm -hmm. Nuzzle tells you the most shared stories of the day, aka probably what you would see in your feed all day. And for me, I follow a lot of news accounts, so it just like recaps it for me. And yeah. I don't need that constant stream we're overstimulated, yes. is what I'm saying. Well, and the, the algorithms are all designed to make people more anxious because if you're more yes. anxious, then you refresh and you try to find the new bit of information. So right. we're letting ourselves get keyed up in those ways. So Exactly. So just unplug. Do like Be kind to yourself. Yeah. I mean, obviously still listen to this podcast. <laughs> but that's different. But other than that, unplug. Yeah, guys... Thank you so much for listening. If you had any thoughts about today's episode or any episode, hashtag light trees and pod on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, don't go on Twitter. Here's our hashtag. <laughs> you can follow that hashtag. That's it. Uh, please follow Meredith on Twitter at Meredith L. Clark. Follow Rosie. Oh, my darling Rosie. She's on Instagram at Rosa Luxembark. She is the cutest dog in the world and you're missing out if you don't follow her mm -hmm. bring oh, some joy to your life is she doing well she's doing very well she's been very very helpful does she miss me uh, I think she probably does okay I bet she does tell her I miss her I will uh, follow me on Twitter at Allison Kilkenny you can follow Light Trees and Pod on Twitter Instagram Facebook all of those places what else guys what? tell your friends about the show we're a word of mouth operation uh, we're not a corporate podcast we're not on a podcast network doing it all ourselves as per usual am i right i, I prefer doing it on my own i don't like bosses extremely important yeah. extremely important so please tell your friends about the show that's how we get more listeners go sign up for a membership if you have the ability to do so right now guys thank you so much for listening and while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble <laughs> <laughs>